add milk to your scrambled eggs too. Yeah. Yeah. See, also, Brittany, yeah. Brittany's starting us out here strong with the life <laughs> advice. Um, yeah. Welcome back to the Cold Pizza Podcast. We didn't record last week. No, because RJ and I were supposed to when we went to Mannheim while y'all were in Japan, and just like H two O, we didn't record. So um, no, Blair and Chance and Brittany and Joe were in Japan for two weeks. Joe went back to Oregon, so he's not on this show. But, um, yeah, they're back now, so... We're jet-lagged as fuck. None of us know when to sleep or when to eat. <laughs> yeah. Chance and I caught some sort of annoying ass cough on the on the way back on the plane. So, you know... I'm surrounded by super bugs all the time, so I'm fine. It must be nice. That way you're just I got gonna, sick while we were there, though. You're just going to bring home the super bug to me and get me sick. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's never happened before, has it? Nope. <sighs> yeah, so if everybody sounds really tired and lethargic on this episode, that's why. Because <laughs> ain't nobody know what time it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll let you guys... I'm sure I'll have questions at some point. I'm interested to see how many pages of notes Blair has prepared for this one. It's not even notes. I just... No, this was his journal while we were in Japan. Oh, okay. I literally just scribbled down important things about what we did because I knew it would come to a point that I was like, I don't remember everything we did. So I just jotted down. Yeah, I mean, two weeks is a... Fairly long trip. Even by the end of the two weeks, I had forgotten some of the previous stuff we had done. Oh, yeah. I mean, we went to, like, seven different cities. Yeah. If you follow on Instagram, at Horsepower Pizza, I don't don't know who was running the account, but... I was logged in for a while, but we we dropped the ball on the second week. We all pretty much slowed down on the picture-taking and stuff the second week. They had taken over the Horsepower and Pizza account for several days and were updating stories, and it was... uh, it was really cool to see. Got a lot of people asking questions and asking interacting. For so, and yeah, asking, asking for car asking parts. And asking for car parts. Oh, my God. And I wasn't even there, so they're... People ask me to find them a whole-ass car. I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? All right, if I find you... Yeah, let you... me stick it in my carry-on. Well, it's like, like, all right, let's just for sale. What are you going to do over here? Like, fucking paddle across the ocean and bring it home? No, you, you just drive it through the TSA gate. You pay the, the one-time fee for oversized luggage. You're like, ta-da, import. It's uh, not how it works, though. Definitely the, the worst not? part of Japan. No, it's not. If you did that, you are in trouble. You are on a list. <laughs> Don't know what list, but a list. Well, it's like Ryan Dunn with the Hot Wheels car, right? Yeah. Just on a larger scale. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off strong for Japan. Um, definitely the worst thing about Japan, it's not even really Japan's fault, is the plane rides there and back were the worst fucking thing in the world. It was 13 and a half hours. I'm sorry, 12 and a half hours there, 13 and a half hours back. I think it's the other way around, actually. It takes yeah, longer it was, to get there. It was you're... longer to get there. Oh, yeah, you are on the jet stream. That's right. To be fair, though, there have been worse flights to go to Japan. Yes, this is true, but we made it okay. Somebody, I, I think please you, I think invent you missed teleportation. <laughs> yeah. no, I you definitely missed Nolan's joke. No, I got <laughs> Now do you get it? No. Oh, then just let it go. Don't dwell on it. Um, I don't remember exactly what his And none of us, we all flew economy. None of us paid for, like, the upgraded seats. So, like, 12-ish hours in any small seat 
with no butt comfort or anything else. It's super unpleasant. The food is not that good. Good news, unlimited alcoholic beverages. Like, if you ever asked for a beer, they gave and you And Miller Lite. They, yeah, they did Miller Lite. They did. They did. They also had uh, Ashai. Uh, dry. Dry. Asahi. It is Asahi. You're right. Now that I can picture the flags. And they had Asahi, which is just between that and Sapporo, or like their staple two beer brands. But, um... The, the first day there was really sort of uneventful. We all got off the plane super, super excited. Like, yes, we're going to do it, only to find out that we had an hour and a half, like 15-minute train ride from there to the hotel. And then we found out that we had to walk 15 minutes from that train station to the hotel. So that was just a mild damper. But no, we, we made it. It was, it was The first day was just weird because we didn't really know anything. The first few days, it was kind of... I feel like we were all on edge because you don't think that's going to bother you that nobody speaks your language and everything's in a different language. But when you're trying to find your way around a strange country and nothing is in English, you start to like stress that extra little bit and like even just getting food is a chore because you have to sit there and like stare at the picture. Assuming they, assuming they even have pictures. Yeah, if they have pictures. Try <clears throat> to translate with Google Translate. That only works a quarter of the time. Well, Google Translate worked fine for anything it's... that was typed, but anything that was handwritten kanji, Google fucked. would not translate it. You're fucked. At all. You are guessing at that point. And How did you guys do money? Did you go over there? Did you exchange for yen or did you... Talk to ATM. 7-Eleven ATMs, it's like free exchange if your bank... It's, it's free, right? It's a dollar and ten cents. It's a dollar and ten cents per hundred dollars you withdrew out of the... Um, the easiest way to convert from yen to U.S. dollars take is... take two zeros off the yeah, end of it, yeah. right? It's like they don't have cents. One yen is a penny in okay. U.S. dollar. So they charged a dollar and ten U.S. to do a hundred dollar withdrawal, which honestly is not a bad fee if you're overseas. Brittany and I did... Um, I forgot the company's name. Triple A, right? It was through Triple A, but they use some service that we you pay them an amount and they mail you the equivalent yen next day for free, which was super convenient. So we both went over with money in hand. Chance withdrew it at the first 7-Eleven we went to. But because, of, and honestly, I don't know what it was about Japan. 7-Elevens are the most common business. I'm not exaggerating when you could like go into a 7-Eleven, get your stuff, walk to the corner of the sidewalk. If you stick your head into the street, Two blocks away, another 7-Eleven. I mean, I've like seen pictures, sh- and like it's definitely something that sticks out to me because like it looks sheets. familiar. They yeah. have the hot foods. They have the pre-made foods in the refrigerator. It's, it's like it's like I don't. I think it's, it's a smaller version, but it's their sheets. Well, I, I yeah, they don't have like made-to-order stuff like Sheets does, but they it's just like it, they're and there's well there's there's three primary convenience stores. There's, there's uh, 7-Eleven, Lawson's, and Family Mart, and they're everywhere. And it's like that's it's super normal just to go in there and get a meal from that place and just keep doing your thing. They also also fried chicken. It's actually really really good. That's what Joe was saying. High quality fried chicken. When, when Joe and I went to ramen bar for the first time, he always gets the chicken karage or whatever their appetizer is, is fried chicken. Yeah. And he's like, this is what I do when I go to Japan. He's like, that I is get. What he did he's for like, every I get. Meal he's like, Japan. I get very drunk, and then I get fried chicken. And then I get Marble Reds, because that's the only cigarette that I know how to say in Japanese. And I chain smoke and eat chicken and get drunk. <laughs> we did not let him smoke on this trip. Well, that's good. 
Uh, but he did get fried chicken every meal. It's fried chicken with like mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Not your typical American mayonnaise, but they're... It's, no, but the it's, Japanese love mayonnaise. They do. That's literally... Have you ever had it at Ramen Bar when we go to Ramen Bar? No, so I good. didn't have it until well, Japan. Well, I did some Google research <laughs> on my own. Instead of like, you know how we do like buttermilk and egg and then flour and then fry, they do mayonnaise instead of buttermilk, which makes sense. That makes probably, sense. That's why it's so like creamy, I guess. It is really good, but I just can't stand mayonnaise, and they literally, everything had mayonnaise. And also, we don't know why, but the Japanese people love corn. Corn. They are all about the fucking corn. Corn! Hell yeah! Oh my god. I didn't know about this. Yeah, I had no idea, but like, everywhere served some sort of like buttered corn dish. There were vending machines everywhere, which is big in Japan. Literally every street corner had a vending machine. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. There was a drink in these machines that was like, I don't know, an eight ounce. Like think of a mini Red Bull can. That size had corn on the front and the drink inside was literally buttered corn flavored. Oh. And it had corn it? in it. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. It was I drank like it. broth. It was, it, 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 was like, it was like drinking corn on the cob. Like someone took corn on the cob and took, all the, took the kernels off. Took the butter off and put it in a fucking can. Weird. That is what it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I know. bet we could find it on Amazon. Oh, I'm sure you can, but I. Oh, right there, we found it. Oh, that's oh, just that's, no, a, that's a picture. That's a picture of stuff that we had. Yeah. Oh. Weird. Yep. You go to convenience stores and there's like you can get corn snacks, like literal corn. Uh, we got a pizza in Rapungi, uh, and it was covered in. Fucking corn. The last meal I had was golden ramen, and it did not say corn on the menu, but let me tell you what was floating in that ramen when I got it at the table. Was well, it corn? It was indeed corn. It was like corn broth-based, too. Yeah, it was, it was, no, it was more buttery than corny, but there was obviously... ramen now. Uh, also, actually, we'll, let's, we'll just finish up food. Let's just do all the food at once. Yeah, and we'll okay, get, we'll that's fair. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, speaking of ramen, though, I could, like, eat that for the rest of my life and never be upset about it. It's exactly, so goddamn yep. good. Like, I, if I had to never eat American food ever again and only eat, Jap like, Japanese ramen, like, Japanese food in general, like, and I just, I'd, like, I'd be eating so much ramen. Literally, the only thing I missed from the States was literally pizza and sauces, like, all of their salad dressings are just very simple, like vinaigrettes, and even then, they don't serve a lot of salad. They they serve salad with breakfast, but not with dinner, which is odd to me. But yeah, I no, miss all the vegetables, like asparagus, green beans. Like they don't have well, all they don't the grow, variety. They don't, they don't like grow there. That's I know. The I feel like that's but, when you have such a tiny island, and it's a lot of. Metropolis. It's oranges is like their only fruit and mango, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then corn, and bean sprouts and bok choy, mm -hmm. but and right? seaweed. Yes, ugh. we had one one night we were oh, there. seaweed salad. It oh. was seaweed salad, and it was like the worst kind of like it's what you would imagine raw squid tentacles would be like, just ugh. slimy and gooey, and like listen. We were all pretty adventurous. We not all of us tried a bite of everything we got served, and the worst thing I had was far and away that that seaweed. Agreed. It was just slimy and salty and just ugh. Well, what's also nice about the ramen, and it sounds boring that you can eat ramen every day, but literally every district you go to has their own version of ramen. Okay. Every city. Um, well. Tokyo City, and then it's all the little, what are they like, called? No, prefectures. Pre yeah. No, uh, districts. Prefecture is like the equivalent of 
district. It's like a state in the yeah. U.S. But whatever. Yeah, there were many towns in Tokyo. Every single place you went to, the ramen was completely different. Whether it was like the soup base or the type of noodle, like it was all the just different. Yeah. yeah we, so it was, it was cool. To see all the different we, we were in Hiroshima. We got uh, this tantamen that was made with nutmeg. How many times mm. do you have to stir it? 30. 30, 30 times. They, give, they, literally, they give you instructions. On, like, the, like you order your, 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 your noodles or whatever, and they're, they're dry noodles. There's no soup in it, okay? And they give you an instruction sheet. It's in Japanese and in English. I think there's Chinese in the bottom, too. Yeah, probably. So you it's like stir this exactly 30 times. I, I don't, you know, stir, th- whatever. You know, eat it like the, uh, put whatever's the certain seasoning on, eat it. <coughs> Excuse me. Then when you're done, you get your rice, white rice, put it in the bowl, put vin- put the oil and the other seasonings back on it, mix it back with what's left in the bowl from the noodles, and you eat that. Okay. And it was amazing. But, the, it, but it was made with nutmeg, I th- which which put like this weird tingly thing in your mouth while you ate it, and it was delicious, and I loved every bit it of it. It was amazing. That was, that I was think, a good find. That was the highlight dish for me was that Tauntaun Men. It was so it, – it's closer to like if anyone that's listening has been to Everyday Noodles. They have their Dan Dan noodles, Szechuan style. It's closer to that. It's Gotta just, have that sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was so, so good. Uh, all the food was just incredible. And like you could even tell like – the sushi, for one, was fresher to an extent that Pennsylvania doesn't understand because, you know, the nearest place to get fish is four, two states away. Oh, boy, the Monongahela. Monongahela, the Ohio. You don't want those fish? I do not want those fish. I also don't want mercury poisoning, which is why I'm not eating those fish. <laughs> but all the sushi was, like, incredibly good. The seafood, like, I had... Hold on, before I went to sushi, we went to a sushi place that had, like, it had, like, a, a big, uh, like, conveyor belt, and it just had sushi coming around all the time. You just took what you want off of it. But then everybody also had, like, a little screen, and you could get a custom order, and there was a little bullet train that would shoot out and deliver you your sushi to you, and then go back into the kitchen. Whatever you... So... And the way they did the pricing there was the plates were all color-coded. Okay. So whatever plate you took off, you know, like a blue plate was a dollar ten, and a yellow plate was like three dollars, all the way up to like five dollars, and you just stacked your plates as you mm-hmm. ate sushi. And then at the end, they just count your plates and like, here's your bill. Have a great day. Even the drinks you got there came on a specific colored plate, and that just got added to your stack. This place sounds like a fairy tale. Like it's, the entire country sounds like a fairy tale. The food is cheap. It's great. Yeah, it was like the most expensive ramen you can buy was like. A large serving, Nine. and when they say large serving, they Huge. mean like giant serving that nobody in their right mind could eat in one sitting, and it was $9. All of us very frequently would do four entrees, usually one or two appetizers, and at least a drink each, and all the meal prices were like 80 bucks. Now, like, what would, what would like the tips be? There is no tips. There is you do no not tipping. tip in Japan. Okay. Most countries, you don't. Except for, like, Americans. Let, let's actually, but let's talk about ordering real quick. So if you sit down at a restaurant in Japan, no one will come talk to you. Nothing. The server, a waitress, nobody. They will not say a goddamn word to you. You have to call them over to you. They, they literally punch you. What do you seat. say, Chance? Uh, so, sumimasen is excuse me in Japanese. Also means sorry, super convenient when you're bumping into someone or you need someone to move in, like, a narrow aisle in a store. Sumimasen is a super versatile Japanese term. For excuse me and sorry, but, but you'll sit there for fucking hours and nobody will come say anything to you. Like they don't, they don't ask you how your food is. They don't nothing. Yeah, it's nice. It, unless I was you say that sounds very nice. Unless you call them over. The other, the only other style that we saw ordering uh, besides the sushi was a lot of places, especially smaller places, have like a little vending machine, 
at the at the front and they have a bunch of buttons on them and you put your money in and you're like okay I want this and if we're and, you know in our case we were lucky some of, most of the places we went to were color coded except for a few or had pictures other ones were just Japanese text but you put your money in you push your button spot out a ticket and you give the ticket to the dudes that are making the food and then you sit down and they bring it to you and that's it which is also a neat way to make food because when you're done you don't have to worry about like going up to go pay or whatever you just leave and that's it which is nice. And the other thing is they don't consider it rude in any capacity to, like, shout across the restaurant if you need the waitress's attention. Like, because they, again, they're not going to ever come by you, so you have to get their attention. Some places, bigger places, or I want to say, like, more tourist, not touristy, but, like, higher seating places that have a lot more space would have a little call button on the table. And, again, they would not disturb you until you push that button. And we jokingly called it the sumimasen button. Which, you know, it, it pretty That's much was. what it is called. Something similar. Um, anything else on food we want to hit? Oh, yeah, desserts. Most desserts were red bean paste. Was well, like yeah, their that's, big... that's their main thing. Uh, chestnut, chestnut, chestnut is their, like, fall season, too. So there was a lot of chestnut-flavored things. They also uh, like banana and chocolate. Yeah. A lot of banana and chocolate. They also, all the 7-Elevens had very unique ice creams. Uh, the one I ate the most of was literally like... Imagine a Klondike bar, but instead of chocolate coating, it was like a thin waffle cone coating, and it was super delicious. And then uh, while we were in Osaka, I believe, you and Chance got, they were like, you know those little Coke bottles you had as a kid where you bite the top off and yeah. take the liquid out? It was like a little plastic bottle, but inside was like soft serve coffee ice cream, and it was really, really it was tasty. Really good. It was awesome. The food was like one of the bigger highlights that I didn't think would become a highlight, but the food was like out of this world good um we grilled, were amazing yeah we grilled our own food the one night Multiple Mount Fuji. well but the, primarily in mount fuji Just get a glass well that was like <laughs> straight raw separated everything you do it yourself <clears throat> but a lot of their style is like a little mini hibachi table and you grill it yourself they put it on the thing for you and they're like good luck so it's kind of like Japanese Korean barbecue. Right. We went to a place called Pepper Steak, which was interesting, where they give you a 500 degree cast iron skillet with a steak in it. Like literally they put the steak in it like barely sear, like five seconds or less, flip it and then bring it over to you. It's still completely raw in the middle. And they're like, here you go, cook it however the hell you want. And they had instructions to like spread our garlic pepper butter on top of it and flip it over before you flip it. And then add your vegetables in and then add your rice and like stir it up into your own little like, like you know how you, they do like the breakfast scramble thing? It's like that, but it's like a steak rice dish. And that That's was pretty cool. incredibly delicious. Yeah, it's fun. I like, I like cooking by own. We had the, the, uh, uh, ok, um, how do you pronounce that? I bloody like them. Okonomiyaki's, which is like a pancake omelet thing uh, and with eggs um egg and noodles yeah and i i and i thought it was fantastic and it's the same kind of deal they had like a big hot plate in the middle of your table and they gave it to you and you just kind of cooked it on the plate when i had the one I in kyoto when i had the one in kyoto it was good when i had the one at the make it myself place it was like the worst thing i ate in japan i thought i was in the one i had and the one i had both of those places was fantastic so i'm sorry it was no, really it's good. all good win some you lose some again it's it's hard to know exactly what you're getting when you don't speak the language on the menu and you're like yeah i understand this word chicken but none of the words after that make sense i don't want to rush you guys off of this topic but we're 20 minutes in and we've only covered food and i know you did a lot cooler shit than eat food was i mean, I mean food was a pretty big factor food and cars were the two factors um all right yeah let's move on what about sex 
None of that happened. Oh no no no! But no no but the no, the stores though. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I want to know about. Uh, see, the sex store we went Did to I introduce was not. That you're even here? No. Oh, Nick and Nolan's with us. Yeah. He actually has clothes on. This is an interesting spin. <laughs> so the sex shops—they're like six stories tall. But the one we went into—I mean, it didn't have anything crazier than American one. The only thing different they have. Is the creepy ten-year-old body with thirty-year-old tits, tiny Asian? The fuckmaster five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> doll. Very... Well, I mean, it's a. It's That's a, a robot. Doll. It, it's more so that it's the like. Oh no! It says age ten to thirteen. No, 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 no! Not the, I'm not talking about the fucking doll. The, the the like. There's sex shops all over the place in Japan. There's fucking girls clubs all over the place in Japan. Every not just girls clubs, but they have like maid bars. No, no, that's different. That's not. That's not. That's not the same. Oh, okay. Like these are basically strip clubs. When I say girls clubs, uh, it's way more normal and accepted over there, and nobody really fucking cares. Unlike in America, like sex shops, like you see like one every once in a while. And it's like, uh, you know, whatever. It's tucked in the back of some seedy ass fucking strip mall. Nine yeah. Moon, it's right on the main strip across from Sheets. Yeah, there's but one like, right it's, across from Get Go. It's loud and proud. <laughs> but it's, the, I don't know, the, their approach to it there is like. It's it just, is different. Yeah. They, it's, it's, more, it's less taboo. Yeah, it's more normal, like whatever. Uh, nobody really seems to give a shit. Well, it's a little weird because it's taboo to like have a low cut shirt, but these girls are walking around with just hoodies and no pants on. And there's like just. Sounds like me when Hookers I get home from work. Hookers standing around everywhere. <laughs> but you know, I mean, like, it it's weird because it doesn't make sense. It's just different than no, our I culture. I mean, it's... It's Did you It's okay to have hookers every corner, but Jesus Christ, if you wear a low-cut shirt, you're going to hell. <laughs> I, I think it was more that you had a bunch of tattoos than a low-cut shirt. And, yeah. and big boobies. Yeah. Just, just being no, realistic. I mean, it's true. They, just, they've never seen things like that just, before. Just, just being realistic. Some of them have. Uh, yeah, but only on those fucking sex dolls. Fuck Master 5000. <laughs> Not on, like, a real person. Did you um, experience any of the panty vending machines? Uh, I did I did see them. I yep. did see oh. one. I did see what them. What were the prices? Of course, oh, yeah, Chance saw them. Uh, $1.50 a pair. That's not bad. That's a pretty reasonable price. There was there was one machine in uh, Don Quixote, which is the equivalent of Walmart over there. They had one that was three dollars random sex toy. Like you put three dollars in, you spin the knob, and a random ball rolls out with a small sex toy inside. That's awesome. I I didn't do it because the machine was actually empty. Otherwise, I would have totally done it. <laughs> that place is packed to the brim and is like wildly uncomfortable if you're claustrophobic at all. It is six floors. Of just like shit one human in wide every shells. corner. Oh, wow. One human wide aisles, six floors tall. We had to go like three times to like see the entire place. Correct. It's it's imagine a Walmart super center, but six stories tall. And crammed oh, in like a space this big. It's ridiculous. Um. Okay. I have all these notes here. My God, I didn't realize we did all of this shit. Um, let's, let's switch the gears to like the big thing we were there for. Not the big thing we were there for, but, but the cars. Yeah. We um, did good Japan for cars. This isn't even a podcast about cars. This is about pizza. We actually, we did have pizza in Japan. We're already done with food chance. Um. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do all the car things we wanted. Thank you. 
typhoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Typhoon that, that number kind of scary, huh? Typhoon number nineteen. They don't even name them. It's just typhoon. It was named. Yeah, it was named. No, the no, it's U.S. Not hibiscus. It was oh, well, Hagibiscus. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> the U.S. named Same it. Close enough. The U.S. named it, not them. Oh. The Japanese Weather Service called it Typhoon it nineteen. It does. Yeah. They I... just number them. But um. Well, can we? Like try and schedule this so we're there for Typhoon sixty nine or like we didn't even had, like <laughs> look into that we had no nice. idea. well okay no I looked at, we looked at the I weather looked at bef- the weather yeah we looked at the weather before we left and they said there was a tropical depression what were you gonna do cancel your ticket right no, you were going but, well no they said there was a tropical depression and so it actually hit we were there for uh, two weeks it hit the f- one the first Friday and Saturday that we were there is when it like was coming in Saturday and Sunday is when it hit mainland Japan. But when we got there, it was a tropical depression in the ocean. On Wednesday, it was a Category 1 storm that was supposed to swing out to the ocean. By Friday, it was a Category 5 headed straight for the center mass of Japan. So it's like, we, you know, we kept an eye on it, but it never seemed like that big of a threat until they're like, oh yeah, we're not running any trains anywhere in the country on Saturday. Oh yeah, the place where you rented your car from is supposed to turn in and will be closed on Saturday, so you either have to turn it in tonight or tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, and there's no F1 happening on Saturday. And the trains might be closed on Sunday. So, good luck with that. And they're closing Friday night. Correct. All the trains shut down. At like midnight. So we had to be on the last... What we ended up doing was... Turning in the rental cars early, getting a train to Nagoya, which was outside of the actual like strike zone of the the hurricane, and to do that was a whole fucking rush and a lot of confusion and annoyance and running with bags, running with luggage in for the rain. like thirty minutes in the rain, trying to. We had like minutes to spare to catch the last train before they shut down all the trains. We yeah, had it, to, was, it was a mess. We had to get to Tokyo. We bought rail passes that enabled us unlimited riding on any JR, which is Japan Railways, operated rail lines, which is the big stuff. Every place has local lines, but the JR is like the big trains go everywhere in the country. We had to exchange those certificates for the actual rail passes. So we had to be at the JR office in Tokyo before 8.30, and we got there at what? 8.10, 8.15, and they shut the gate at 8.20. Let's talk about the cars, because we have so much with car shit. We're going to take up the rest of the <laughs> this time. This is true. Um, yeah, so what did you guys rent? Brittany we got and I... a Mor- <laughs> I can't talk. Mark IV Supra. We had a Mark IV Supra. It was a 95. Uh, hey, that's a good Twin year. turbo. Turbo. Yeah, twin turbo model. Uh, had about 176,000 kilometers on it. All of the cars we rented were beat, but we'll cover that. Chance, what did you drive? I had an R33 GTR. Uh, so did Joe. Yeah. Also beat. Mine had like 200,000, something like 220,000 kilometers on it. It, it seemed better days, but it worked. It was your, good. Your guys' cars were all stock except for catback exhaust. Pretty much. Right? I, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I had R thirty four wheels on mine, and I was and I was about it in a boost gauge. <laughs> Otherwise, ours, it was stock. Ours just had uh, an upgraded intercooler piping, an intercooler, and an intake, and an exhaust, but it made some nice noises. But um, ours had uh, coilovers and BBS wheels. We're pretty sure Joe's just had springs because it rode like shit. No, mine rode like shit too. 
No. So, R33s ride like shit. Update. Well, they also could be the fact that it's the original dampers in the cars, you know. Ancient. Fucking 25 years um, old. Ours, the transmission <coughs> was in dire need of servicing. It was difficult to get into second and fourth and reverse. Uh, the transmission ran really, really hot to the point where, like, you couldn't touch the bottom of the shift knob if you'd been on the highway for more than an hour. The clutch started slipping on the last day. Um, Oil light would come on. Uh, no, brake fluid light. Oh. If you slammed on the... The brake fluid was low, so if you slammed on the brakes hard enough, the brake warning light would come on until you came to a stop, and then it would go back out. Um, ours had the super uh, Fast and Furious level head unit where the screen slides out and then tilts up. But it was all in Japanese, and it kept yelling at us every time we approached the toll booth, and we didn't have an aux cable, so it was really just kind of frustrating for the greater part of it. But uh, I had never driven a Mark IV Supra, and now I want one really, really bad. And I don't know. It was, Definitely having the car made the trip like the ultimate car trip to go on. And we did about 800 miles with the cars all in all, with all the driving we did. Now we picked them up in a small city to the northeast of Tokyo called Noda and drove them that day through Tokyo to the base of Mount Fuji where we stayed for a night, which we'll cover in a sec. Mount Fuji, just doing some touristy things, up the side of Mount Fuji, over to Osaka, back to Tokyo, back to Noda because we had to turn them in early. But all that included was 800 miles of driving in those cars. What did you think of the Supra? Oh, I loved it. I would totally buy one. It's a shame that they're so expensive over here. Yes, it is. Well, they're still expensive over there, too. Um, definitely driving around Mount Fuji. That was awesome. Was Mount amazing. Fuji was amazing. We drove, and then we drove, after we stayed the night in Mount Fuji, we drove up to the fifth station, which is the highest drivable point on Mount Fuji. And that was just like it exactly what we thought. When you watch Initial D, Mountain Passes, it was, it was fucking sweet. Ripping up switchbacks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the J Japanese have a lot of respect for fast-moving cars. Many little K cars let us by. They would just pull off, soar by them, which was pretty nice. The fifth station's elevation was 2,700 meters up in the air. Um, and I want, we were passing dudes cycling up, bicycling up this fucking mountain to the top. <laughs> and I was just like, you're, you're nuts. You're insane. And it wasn't exactly like what you picture, like a young <clears throat> fit, like mid 20s. Some of these guys were like 60, 70 years old biking up the mountain. Like you guys are crazy. That's why they live till they're like 150. I, I could, I just, no, I can't do that. I'm, I couldn't even fathom doing that. Uh -huh. But, um, so when we first picked up the cars, we did drive them through Tokyo. Uh, the problem was Tokyo is surrounded by a lot of underground tunnels and we got kind of turned around in those tunnels a handful of times because once you go underground, you don't have GPS signal and you don't know where you're supposed to get off and, you know, and also tolls in Japan are just brutally expensive. Uh, all in all, how much did you say we spent on tolls? 200? Oh, more than that. 250, We spent 200 in one day. That's right. Yeah, told, yeah, like, owning a car in Japan is really, really expensive. Gas it's, is expensive, too. Gas is expensive, tolls expensive, registering your car, taxing it, which is all based off motor size, um, which is why K-cars are so popular, uh, and then driving. Yeah, if you want to drive across the country, you're going to get your ass reamed out. It costs a lot of money. Um, I was also talking, um, what's her name? Rio? Rio, yeah. Rio, and she said there's even, like, day and night differences. 
Yeah. We, uh, Rio is a, a, fr- a friend of ours, girl friend that we met in Japan. A friend, well. Melissa's friend. I'm a friend, yeah, a friend of a friend of a friend type person who lives there is Japanese, if that wasn't, if that wasn't implied or obvious. But speaks English and Japanese pretty fluently, so, which is handy. We were at a, we went to a bar and we could not, there was like, the, there was like, I think it was all you can drink for two hours, right? We wanted two of those, one for me, one for Joe. And we could not get it across this poor woman that what we wanted. And then Rio came over and had to do it for us because we were just complete idiots and had no way of conveying what we wanted. Even with Google and everything, the lady did not, just did not understand. Anyway. But the first day we had the cars, we went to the base of Mount Fuji, a place called Lake Shinju. She, she, uh, Lake Sh- Shijiko, Lake Shijiko is what it was called. Lake Shijiko is the one at the base, next to the base. Where we stayed was Lake Shinju. No, we stayed at Lake Shijiko. Are we going to play this game right now? Oh, Um, Jesus. We, at the base of the mountain, there's like a small... notebook. At the base of the mountain, there's a small beach. uh, And literally 200 feet from that beach, we had a... What's it called? It's on my phone, <laughs> asshole. Okay, RJ, knocking Chance's phone on the ground. Um, we stayed at a small, uh, like, I don't know, what it wasn't quite a cabin, but I guess it pretty much was a cabin, uh, literally 200 feet away from the beach, and we woke up in the morning and got to see the sunrise over Mount Fuji, and Joe had been there multiple times before, but said that he had never actually been able to see Mount Fuji when the sun rose, which was super, super incredible. Chance was up before us, but Brittany and I woke up at like 5.30. I was like, Britt, get up. We got to go down, like right now. We're never going to get this chance ever again. But after that, we went to the ice caves where they weren't that exciting per se, but there's caves where ice flows year-round. They have ice all the way through the summer in the bottom of these caves. And the inside of the caves were what, like 12, 13, 14 degrees in the heart of winter and in the heart of summer, they only get up to like 40 or 45. Yeah. You had to wear a helmet because the walking path was only maybe five, five and a half feet tall, which was really amusing for Joe. No, we had to crawl through part of it. Yeah, all the ice comes down. It's all all runoff from Mount Fuji and it goes into this cave. We attempted to enter the suicide forest, but there is no way to get in there in the sense of, like, you can park a car and walk up a path. And we had three cars. It's not, yeah, it's not a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's not a touristy place to go. We we saw it, but we didn't get to walk through it. And again, we parked at the fifth station in Mount Fuji. We didn't hang out up there that long. Unfortunately, it was extremely foggy, so there was nothing to see once we got up there. But after that, we went into uh, Osaka with the cars. Who Who wants to talk about Osaka? I think we should just talk about cars, period. Not about the city. Because Osaka is just like a New York. It's the Las Vegas of uh, Yeah, Japan. Las Vegas, yeah. That, that's all, more correct. All bars, all cruddy restaurants. Not cruddy, but just like dime a dozen restaurants. It's dirty, it's condensed, it's just a party city. Right. Uh, basically, you know, we drove... <laughs> that and Las Vegas combined. It's Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah, it, it's, it's... So, it's basically Atlantic City, is what you're saying. Yes! <laughs> that is exactly it. A little bit better, but yes. Well, it but doesn't take much. much. <laughs> but pretty much, we drove all over the country, uh, for the week we had the cars. Uh, saw all kinds... Of, like, if you, I mean, it's just... 
if you want to see Japan, I firmly believe the best way to do it is with a car. It's expensive, but you it just you can it, it the perspective it offers is really good. Yeah, Joe, who's not here, but this was the first time he's driven from city to city in a car and not just taking public transportation. He said, who's been there like four or five times, said it was a completely different version of Japan that he never saw before. I mean, just driving through the mountains, like all the sites, it's, it's really, really pretty. Uh, the and actually, in the Saturday before we came back, we rented like a little uh, shitbox rental car, like a Nissan Note, and we drove to a bunch of up garages. Even then, just driving to like little villages and towns and stuff, like you just you see stuff like you'd never see it normally. We saw you... a completely smashed up, <laughs> front end wrecked, but fully kitted three piece wheels, one eighty SX parked like. There's a farm across the street, and this is like their barn, and next to the barn, against the barn, so you couldn't see the front end, fully kitted 180SX, just in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Um, a lot of the cooler cars we saw were tucked back in the small little yeah, you don't, it, it, You don't really see people driving, like, like 90s era Japanese cars, but there's what also... What we expect. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, there's what a. We wanted to see maybe more than what we expected. There's a. There's not really. You don't really see old cars in Japan. Like everything's newer. There, nobody has a smashed up car. Not. Uh, nobody has an older car. Wasn't there you, like a tax or something to have? You're incentivized to have a more modern vehicle, and, and on top of the fact that anybody that has one of those older cars is doing it for enthusiast reasons, and you're way more likely to get tickets or to get in trouble for it. Um, so you really don't, you know, if you, we, we did see a few S chassis. We saw a couple Skylines. Um, we did see even some weird stuff. like Only we, like two Kokie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you, see, that's how you say Kuki. That's like a Kuki S14 in Japanese. Um, but like we, you didn't see too much. Uh, and, it, and if you did see it, it, you would have, it was usually late at night uh, if you did see anything. It was, it's atypical, like, atypical to see anything during the day. The only crazy thing we saw during the day was the Jaguar XK. That was probably the craziest car we saw there. Yeah. There was a, a was old, a I don't know, what year was that, like 04? Yeah. Jag the XK, 2000s. like slam super static on big work Meisters, and it looked incredible. Uh, we assume it was a diesel. We couldn't really see it. It had, well, it had, it had, it had, it had an intercooler, and I doubt you turned with the, the, the V12. So it didn't come with a V12. Whatever fucking motor it came with. AJV8. Um, it was, so it was likely a diesel, but that was the only like well-done car. Odd thing, That's not true. We saw a bunch. I mean, we saw other well-done cars. That was the only like complete car in my head that had like everything done. Um, we saw, oddly enough, a Dodge Ram 1500. That was weird. We a were... full-size 90s Chevy Suburban. Yeehaw, um, brother. I, we, a Duramax. We saw a three-quarter ton Duramax. These are all left-hand drive vehicles, by the way. Really? Uh, which, no idea. We saw a few Escalades. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which was weird. Um, a 1960s Eldorado. The first oh, night. The first yeah, night. That, that was, was crazy. With a bright, like, Couple powder mistakes. baby blue, white roof, big fins out the back. It was ridiculous. Uh, one V8 Mustang, one Mustang GT, which I was, like, a, a new gen, current gen. I was very shocked to see that rolling on the highway. That was that right-hand drive or left-hand drive? That one was right-hand drive. Yeah, that one was the one. On the I saw a Hellcat. I was in uh, Akihabara. There was a, not Akihabara, uh, Harajuku, which is a fashion district around Tokyo, that we saw a Hellcat parked on the side of the street. Still had the fucking terrible yellow bumper shipping covers on it, too. Why do they do that? If you were listening to this podcast and you have a Chrysler product... fucking splitter guards off. Yeah, take the splitter guards off. That's that's our team. Tell us how you really feel, Nolan. 
Take your fucking splitter cards off. You already said it. <laughs> there was a lot more Porsches than I expected. Yes. Yes, there were a lot of nine. I didn't, but we didn't see a single GT3. We saw a bunch of GT. We saw a couple GT4s. Yeah, and I, we saw one turbo. I didn't see the turbo. That yeah, was, it was That was hard. when you and I were walking with Melissa late at night. One turbo. Uh, a bunch of Panameras, and oh my god, the cool wagons. Panamera wagons everywhere. CLS, Mercedes, The majority wagons of vehicles everywhere. definitely have lift gates on the back. Like the K cars, uh, minivans really popular over there. They're not like American minivans. They're a little different. They're a little more flat. Do you want to talk about your favorite vehicle that we hung out with in Japan? The one that I stole oh, yeah. a manufacturer's brochure for? Yeah, I, 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 the Toyota makes a minivan called the Alphard, and I just I think it's really cool. I love it. I, I would love to have one. It looks super neat. The interior. Stepping in here to say prevent minivans. Wear yeah. a condom. I, but see, are sweet you get an Alphard with four uh, executive fucking captain chairs in the back. And the divider between you and the driver, and there's color for the ceiling, and it looks amazing. It's like a Rolls Royce ghost, or like Phantom. As a minivan. a minivan. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, driving. Oh, you have it right here. Oh, yeah, we Blair stole the uh, the brochure. Blair, yeah. Blair, can, Blair, Blair commandeered it. Uh, Blair we're not can't admitting read Japanese and had no idea what podcast. the yellow sticker on the front said, but probably said something along the lines of store copy. <laughs> But it's Unfortunately, here we couldn't go to all the parking lots, the late at night, like 3 a.m. parking lots, because the typhoon fucked us and we had to go yeah. to Sequoia. Our, our plan was... On Friday night, which yeah. is when we were supposed to Can go with buying... the Supra and the Skyline. Yep. Yo, yep. I want to buy one of these as a camera well, rig. The executive lounge version, which is the top of the line trim, is about 105000 U.S. dollars That's honestly base. not that bad. For a minivan! Uh, dude, have you, have you seen the inside of this fucking van yet? An executive lounge pack? Here we go. Dude, that's not even the highest trim yet. And look, they all fold flat so you can make a bunch of beds. Bro, we could get a bunch of... Yeah. Did, did you see my poster I made for my office chance? No. It says money's the root of all evil, Here, but it pays for the quaaludes and hose. It's, they're insane. That that's minivan cool. produces more minivans. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The back, seat the, the back cool. seats fold flat. <laughs> Um, but in terms of like shops and stuff, keep we the saw... Economy rolling. Up garages were like... We... Mm. we I would do all the single ones and then. Get well, yeah, well, yeah, like before you do that, uh, I just to, I guess to finish up cars, I, like I nobody. I forgot to remind somebody to grab me an up garage banner while you were there. So oh, we, uh, they actually didn't really sell banners. Really? They only had towels. They had like, shirts, I towels, mean, and stickers. They call it a muffler. Uh, I, I have a sticker you can have. An up garage sticker. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I just wanted something from the um, office. But basically. If you're not on a main oh, road or main highway in there, uh, roads in Japan are very, very, very small. Uh, and very tight. Uh, our Skylines and the Supra, they were huge. Okay, they were giant vehicles. There were at least 15 occasions when I had to stop, reverse backwards at least 40 or 50 feet to let a K car through, and then I could go through. And at least one time, I did that three times in a row before I finally got up the street to the other side because a car would rocket through every time. It was yeah. it's just any like the like the roads where like houses are and like like the towns and the villages and stuff. Yeah, like a suburban road here is like almost uh, innavigable and anything yeah, bigger like than Like you can't car. like like our cars were barely able to barely able to make through anything bigger than that. And these are two door like I'm not gonna say a super is a big car, but it's not a small car either. These K cars are, you know, itty bitty. Uh, the small, the, the smaller cars everybody drives around over there. Like, there's a reason everybody has those is because the town is there's just not there's just no room for it. And plus, they're cheaper to own and every, insure and everything like that. But anyway, shops. 
Uh, well, so we didn't get to know as many, nearly as many shots as we were hoping to. Uh, Thanks, Typhoon. On the first day, we went to Spoon Performance, which is a big Honda tuner, or probably the biggest Honda it's tuner. It's called Type 1 now. Type 1 makes Spoon. Or whatever. Uh, I, I mean, any Honda guy. If you're, if you're if you're in the Honda guy, you're in the Honda game. You know what Spoon is. Uh, we have to go into the shop. We get to, and stuff. Uh, they have actually have a motor building room on the outside of the building, but it's all covered in glass. So you can watch the dude work on and the. And he motor. waved at us. He gave us a nice wave because we're you know like window licking his yeah, window, it, trying it, to see what he's doing. And he's got he had a bunch of billet blocks there. He was working on uh, assembling a crankshaft in the bottom of a block when we were there. Um, and they were very polite, let us into the shop. Uh, I have a picture that I can, uh, that we threw up on the Instagram story, on Horsepower Pizza's Instagram story. But like full ITB's, like beautifully built engine, a B series, or a K series. That was a K series with the ITB's. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many Civic Type R's were there? New Civic Type R's that we knew seen? there were three. One was on a dyno. They had two S2000s, one in like a full spoon racing livery. And the other, completely stock-looking, but something tells me that there is no stock Honda in yeah. Spoon's workshop. Uh, fifth-gen hatch? Yeah, it was a fifth-gen hatch. DC5 Integra. When you say fifth-gen hatch, people are going to think you mean Civic. And it was a DC5 Integra. Which is... The, RSX. What would be an RSX Type S here, except... No, that was Type DC5 R. Type Upstairs R. was... It was either a 6th gen or 5th gen it was an EG. Civic hatch. It was an EK. Yeah, okay. So an EK hatch. The yeah, downstairs was a DC5 Type R, specifically, yes. which we didn't get in America. Right. Um, um, so we went to Blitz. What was that old-ass Honda one that was tucked in the corner? It was a Honda tiny. N600. Yeah. Uh, the good. very first, like, Honda sports car. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was dead Before slow. Before the Civic, day. yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to Blitz, and let me tell you a story. Uh, we... Well, hold on a second. These, this, the Blitz's building is, it looks like, honestly, it could be a villain's lair, actually. Yes, yeah. I agree. It's this giant building, all the glass is mirror glass, and it's all black. And you step big, in the building, and all there is is a single telephone. And it's and all, it's, but it's, it looks please. like it's all, like, wood, like, high quality. Like, there's nobody around. You see a, there's this, there's, you walk straight in, look at this wall with a, with this, it's like cherry wood, with a cutout with a phone. Then to your right is a stairwell leads up, and you cannot see where it goes. Uh, I, I went up the staircase and put my head around to find two hallways. It just literally looks almost like like a bunch of meeting rooms, just doors. And I'm like, well, this is weird. So we go back down. None of us speak Japanese, so it's kind of counterproductive to pick up the phone. But it says, you know, in kanji next, I assume it's like press one to talk to someone. We can't read it. So we go back outside. And we're, well, hold on. Before we tell, what was parked out front of Blitz, first uh, of all? An LC500 wide body. Oh, yeah, a Blitz wide body LC500, a Blitz wide body GTR. And a Blitz wide body RCF. Yep. And then in the back, they had a Blitz wide body FRS, and uh, half a wide body was installed on the Honda S600 that was up on the lift. Only one side had the kit on. I don't know if it's because it was there, it was. there was other... Like, there all was... of them were on uh, Grand Lights. No, they were all NKs. Oh, yeah. The NKs racing line. RSO5RR or whatever they are. I think they're 1.0 or 1.0. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And they had Toyota, a Toyota Alphard also with a kit on it. So we're kind of looking around a little bit. And eventually a, a small Asian person opens the door and steps out. And gives me like the little tilts his head look like like what are you doing here and I'm like I whip out my cell phone. Blitz ready. I, like, I flip over to translate because I'm like I'm like I'm gonna pull up translate and try to explain it like we just want to see some things. 
and I get translate out and I'm about to say something and the guy just goes in perfectly plain 100% clean English. So where are you guys from? <laughs> with a, with a, with a, like no, like straight American accent. Like straight American accent. I'm like, oh fuck. Blair was like, Blair was totally caught like, off guard I'm like by completely this. Completely red. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, no, nah, it's okay. He's like, he's like, what's up? Where are you guys from? We're like Pennsylvania. US. He's like, oh cool. I'm from the state too. He's like, I'm from Chicago. His name was uh, Yuki. And he had worked for Blitz for about five years now. That's I their moved out there though. from Chicago. Yeah. And he told us, he's like, um, we don't really have any stores. Blitz doesn't have any stores. Like, we sell parts through other people. Well, that was like their... Uh, corporate headquarters. Their well, re- so that's where they the, develop their parts. That was their R&D garage. They don't have visitors. We're, we weren't supposed to be there. And we, we walked it. by, and he's like, please don't look in the garage. And it's like, okay. He's like, he's like you guys I, look at all the cars, computers, just don't look in the garage. Don't picture in the garage. It's because we develop all our parts, our dampeners, and our body kits, and our wheels, and everything. The, the only cars, thing I did see is they had a, a shock dyno, which is like a... Well, they make, they make coilovers. Right, but like, it was a tool for testing the damping rates of springs and suspensions. But man, I've never felt so stupid as when that guy was like, so where are you from? Because I was ready to like try to have a Japanese No, he was all like happy and whatever cool about dude. it. And it was just like, no uh, no one was prepared for him to speak did perfectly good English. completely skip over the fact that they have this... Oh, I was going to ask you if you, you talked about We're getting it. No, no, he did. He brought it up. I brought it up. Well, I didn't hear you say anything That is my favorite FRS kit for the car, and nobody in the States... I know of one in the States, and it's owned by Evasive Motorsports. I've never... We're, we're referencing the Blitz wide-body FRS, which I've never even seen before. I, mean, uh, I, I saw it, and that was genuinely... I genuinely cried. I did indeed cry at that point. not talk about Oh no, man. But it's the best kit for my car. Uh, but the, the like just the cars out front it's even fine. like you don't have to agree. You don't have an FRS. The GTR, problem. the L- the LC five hundred was was amazing. Same the G- it, it was it was just really cool to see whatever the these crazily built cars. Um, which I want, you know that I'm thinking about. It. I wonder if those are SEMA cars because SEMA's coming up uh, this week. Or they next don't week. care about SEMA. Yeah, they care about Tokyo Auto Salon. I don't, which is uh, I don't know. I don't want to say necessarily that they might not because they could. I mean, they're it's definitely a good possibility. I've never seen them at SEMA. They might be going under somebody else's name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Regardless, and all their cars were like pearl white. All of them were pearl yep. white. Why Every, is your Wi-Fi so trash? Works fine for me, buddy. Everybody says it's trash. Chance says it's not trash. We all think it's trash. Eight out of ten, trash. Verizon's doing well though. <laughs> um, from there we walked to. Uh, we stopped at a regular old Nissan dealer just to you know poke our heads around a little bit. Um, they had a GTR Nismo in the showroom with the with the Nismo performance exhaust. With the titanium exhaust. Yep, uh, right hand drive with the red leather. It looked really 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 good. Uh, we walked to a yellow hat, which is, think like Pet Boys and Super Auto Boxes, kind of in the same vein, although a little different. But yellow hat was just like the most sensory overload experience. So many I've sounds seen. and lights and smells. You know when you see one of those little screens in like a Bed Bath & Beyond that's trying to advertise something? Now imagine there's five of those per aisle and they're all playing at max volume the whole time you're in there. Yep. Plus all the blinking lights. Sensory overload. All the HIDs are bright ass in They have the HIDs, like, not just, like, on. They're, like, bing, bing, like, on, off, on, off. You can't see shit when you're walking in. Like, how do you expect me to pick headlights when I can't even read your packaging? Because I'm blind. Fucking retinas seared like tuna steaks. Yeah. But uh, we did a a yellow hat from there. I had, this is actually on the first page. So this is convenient. Um... Actually, that day, that's pretty much all we did. We went back and went back to dinner. That was only the second day we were there. It's, in fact, before we picked up the fun cars. Um, 
I'm not sure. The problem is we could probably go on for another two hours with this podcast. Oh, uh, so, there's so much stuff. Well, what's, all right. What's, what's, well, now we're, let, no, no, no. Let's, 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 let's go to the, 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 um, the what's, there's a better word for this that I can't think of right now. The piece de resistance, the up garages of, of all the car yeah, stuff. Yeah, So the first day, or the first, like the second day, we went to all these shops. We started with an up Second day, first full day. The, yeah, the same day we're talking, the same day we went to the Blitz. The day we didn't land. We went to uh, our first up garage. And then like. What was parked out front? The, and when we got, honestly, it was like, you know, straight out of the, straight out of initial D. The, the single most immaculate 8.6 Corolla I've ever seen in my entire, like it looks like. Li, li, was it on Long Chance or Watanabe's? Watanabe's. And it, but it was, uh, I, it was higher than showroom quality clean. Like it was on another level of no uh, orange peel paint completely perfectly waxed wheels barrels all the way dude, back the, even Great the brakes there was uh, there was no corrosion on any of the brakes it looked like it was stored in a bubble and it was like modified like it was lowered had wheels on it had, had a cage up, uh had a cage mm-hmm. i didn't notice that it had a half cage but um, a cage nonetheless and it was it like and it was the white and black panda colors like the state of initial d it, the only thing it didn't say on the side was fujiwara tar- tofu um it it was incredible. It was like, and it was just perfect. But anyway, so we go in this up garage, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen pictures of the inside of an up garage or you know heard stories about it. But it's it's I don't know it's it is kid and literally kid in a candy store for people like oh us. I know it's it's amazing. The, 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 so usually it uh, the first thing you see when you walk in an up garage is you just see a giant sea of wheels and tires. There's just tons of them. How much would you guess? I'd say a hundred sets. Per up garage. Probably about yeah. that. A hundred sets of wheels, tires, mounted. Yeah. All of them with just a price on them. So and some of them not mounted. Like if they have like pairs, like you know, you'll see like not mounted ones, or sometimes they'll sell like some like less, you know, not as desirable sets with no tires. But they're all like anything you can pick, imagine. Like crap wheels, we saw Cadillac CTS wheels, we saw pieces of shit stealers, we saw works, we saw Volks, we saw We everything. saw we saw TEs in every inch from twelve to nineteen. Yep. To twenty. We saw twenty inch set yep. for a GTR. We saw uh, um For a sense of scale and how disturbingly cheap wheels are, I was about to talk about this set. Um we saw a triple chrome set of work VSKFs. Five by one fourteen, eighteen by seven and a half, plus fifty two, which agreed, not a great offset, not that wide. A set of four, five hundred dollars. Yeah, you should have like pair of via, we the best sent me the that best immediately. The best deal we saw was a pair of work VSXXs, Ugh, gold faces, this. eighteen by ten, plus twenty, so like reasonable like two forty fitment. <clears throat> $465. If it was all four, I would have ripped the faces off and sent them home. But yeah, even that would have been a shame because they were already good specs. Eight, I'm like 18 by 10 Our luggage four. was only so big, Chase. Yeah, yeah. Well, you so get, we can get barrels. It's $800 for Up Garage to ship to you, by the way. A set of wheels. A set of wheels. It's still not that bad. It's not no, that it's bad, not but that at that bad. point, you may as well try to find ones in the States. I would have paid for shipping because um, those are the wheels I want. Those ones I would have just sold, but so I would have just took the faces off. All the desirable wheels, like, uh, you know, Chance and I are very big fans, and Britt, too, fans of work wheels. I've never seen a set of work Gnosis wheels in my whole life, except for I saw tons of them in Japan. 
some of the more rare like uh, VIP style Vulcan raised wheels that you never see in the states because nobody ever pays for that shit. Yeah, tons. I saw like LMGT fours and Nismo. Multiple LMG. sets of LMGT fours. Like they're just no big deal, which are worth four, three, five, two, six, six grand. Three, two, six power wheels. Yep. Um, well, I mean, I mean, they're they're from there, so I hope so. Long champs. Yep, long champs. There's champ. just all kinds of, and then you go upstairs, and it's, and then, well, and then assumingly, assuming it's a two floor up garage, they're not all two floors, but basically they have an aisle of just suspension. There's 50 sets of coilovers for every single car you can imagine. There's control arms for that are all adjustable. They have an aisle of just exhausts like capbacks and manifolds, steering and, wheels, bumpers, obscure interior parts like center consoles. They had an uh, old school, like a 80s Toyota 8.6 dashboard, like a Corolla 8.6 dashboard, 1000 bucks. Um, Origin bumpers for Nissans, $200. Yeah, they had tons of body kit stuff. Yeah, JZX, uh, like Toyota Chaser wide body kits. They had front bumper, rear bumper, and side skirts all together, $800. What pissed me off the most is Chance casually says, Hey Blair, there's side skirts for your car back there. Take a look at them. And I go back there and they're fucking Varus Arising Type 1 side skirts for my car, which in the States are no less than $700. $150. Unpainted, perfect condition. Like... It, it is literally the promised land. The, and, people like the us. Miata hardtop. Yeah, with, yeah. With the glass, 400 bucks. Yep, yep. Unpainted, OEM. Perfect. Like, and every up garage inventory is different, and they're all used parts, and they get new stuff every day. And it's, you, I mean, you just, you so never let's know all what. Talk. You, what did you buy to bring home, Brittany? I bought a turbo, stock SR turbo. To put on a KA. To put on my KA. I bought. OEM uh, JDM GT86 touring headlights that I will not tell you how much I paid in case I ever want to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought a catch can uh, for my 240 and, oh. I, and I bought a uh, I bought a, a kooky taillight center garnish for my which was 30 fucking bucks. Kooky taillight stuff in America, hundreds of bucks. Not kooky, Chance. Shut up, Brittany. I'm an American. That's how I'm just going to keep saying it the way I, everybody knows. You want to know what else? Because if I keep saying, oh, I have a kooky, they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong? Are you an idiot? Do you want to do the third syllable? But it, was, it, but it is a three-syllable word. I talked to Rio, and she only does two. Melissa's just being technical with the three. Well, Melissa also has grammarless Japanese, so it's fine. Better than our Japanese. Yeah. Which is grammarless and wrong. Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> uh, yeah, arigato gozaimasu. And sumimasen, arigato gozaimasu, meaning thank you very much. And gozaimasu is the extension for, like, a polite tone, like a formal tone. Um, Blair literally pronounced it wrong the whole trip. I didn't pronounce it wrong the whole trip. The I, amount of times we could say thank you, like, I, would pronounce I got to Masakazai, I'm like, once like, a day, and you would always be like, Blair, what the fuck are you doing? You're no, like, I just See, it. that's why I just mumbled it and said it really fast. We, we frequently joked about Japan hell, which was like, for all the cultural things we goofed up, we were going to end up in Japan hell, like forgetting to say thank you. And sometimes like I wouldn't think about it and just say Argato, which is rude. And, you know, it's not always great. But... I think we're over an hour, aren't we? Right there. Uh, I think we're gonna are we gonna have to do a part two? I mean, two? we can do a part two because there is Bailey so much more. Bored as I'm not bored. I'm just there's just so very much. tired and like I'm, same. I'm glad you guys had fun. I really am, but it's 
I can't really relate to it. So it's I one know. of those things. We didn't even, like we didn't talk about like any of the shrines. Uh, See, or... I, I wouldn't talk about that. Really? I don't. Well, I don't know I a lot about the culture either. So like, about... I don't oh. have a lot. Oh, of... Oh, want to hear about that? Or... I want to bring up one really fucking dumb thing. We were in a city called Nara, which is the city of the deer, where literally tons of deer roam free. The largest Buddhist sculpture in Japan is in Nara at, uh, I have it written down, but that's not the point of this story. We decided to go into this one. It was $6 to go in. I was like, you know what? If we're going to go to one shrine and like pay to get in, it better be the biggest, baddest, whatever one. So, you know, we paid, we went in. It was six bucks. Six bucks. Mm -hmm. And we're in there. And for some reason, almost everywhere we went, there were students like middle school age, I'd assume doing, I assume a field trip and they would all be doing their thing. And I kind of got separated from the group. They were looking at one side of things and Brittany's looking at another thing. And I'm standing there and some little Asian kid runs up to me and he goes, he goes, hey, 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 oh, hey, hey, oh, oh. And he just gets real close. He just goes, shit. <laughs> and I just fucking full like cracked up. And all of his little like buddies started laughing and I'm like, yeah, that's it. It was like, you got it. Because, you know, when you were in, like, seventh grade, you learned how to swear in Spanish. Like, listen to what I just learned. This kid runs up to me and fucking tests it out. And I was like, you, dude, I feel your vibe. <laughs> I fucking love it was you. Like, I was so... I could not <laughs> stop laughing. And we're in, like, a formal religious space. And this little Asian kid sprints up there. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Shit. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you got it. Shit is correct. <laughs> I don't know what else to say right now. So we're but. gonna end. No, uh, no. I think we should. We, we should. We should talk about the Mario Karts. Yes, that can be our final hurrah. Uh, uh, go ahead. So, in in Japan, there's how many times are we gonna say this? Uh, there's there's a place in Tokyo where you can go. It's called Mario Karts. Not Mario Karts because they can't call it that because they get sued. Mario Karts. Where you go, you dress up in like a little costume. They require that you dress your, up. Your little like onesie suits yep. that we have. Yep. Uh, their their formal Japanese name is called a kigurumi. Is what those are called. Sure. Uh, but anyway, and then you it was get a onesie. Yeah. Uh, you For the get, record, you could have said any Japanese word. We believe you. Uh, you get yeah. So you put on your Arigato Gozaimasu, and you get into <laughs> these. They're literally they're literally go karts. They're go karts with uh, with. 50 cc moped motors, and fully you, legal turn signals, lights, yep, and license yep, yep. plates. And you tour around Tokyo with a guy, or for like we this for three hours, okay? And it is, I do not understand how the fuck that is legal. It is utterly ridiculous that we can just it's it's a go kart. There's no suspension, just has a motor strap to it, a gas pedal, and a brake. The full range of steering angle is about 50 degrees, all the way left lock to right lock is 50 degrees. Well, that's turn. quite generous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and you rip around Tokyo and look and like you go through all the districts and you go over the Rainbow Bridge, which I'll talk about. This we'll get the Rainbow Bridge in a second here. And you're just like, and you're like sitting there like, you know, your tire height on most vehicles. And you're like driving past like And cars large... still cut you off. Oh, yeah. They do not give up. And you're like looking like next to you is a giant semi-truck. Uh, you, your head is below the top of their top. Like you were dressed as Pikachu was one of the most awesome uh, things I've seen. In a while. Uh, like, I was dressed as Woody from Toy Story. I was Pluto. And I was uh, a penguin. He's like a, he's like a very. He's like, from Hello Kitty. Yeah, he's a cynical penguin. He is a, it's very fitting is. for chance. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But so when we uh, rip around the city, do all this, you know, whatever, the, oh, what the hell is it? Oh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought there. 
Uh, you don't have to wear a helmet. You don't have to wear. There's no safety gear. You had to wear s s no. eyeglasses. Seatbelt optional. Seatbelt was seat fucking was optional. optional. Mine it's, it's technically a car. You're not required to wear your seatbelt. Mine didn't today. even have one. Mine had one half of the seat buckle and not the other. And I said, "Yo, dude, what am I supposed to do with this?" He's like, "Just tuck it behind you. Who cares?" <laughs> um, yeah, that also, guy it's was, our tour guide was an Australian guy that had lived in Japan super for cool. about a year, yeah. right? He's, He's Australian. You didn't have to tell me he was super cool. Mm -hmm. The homie does not give a fuck. He did. <laughs> oh, we didn't, we didn't talk about Formula One. He was either. super excited that we understood how to ride a motorized vehicle, and he's like, "Thank God." He's like, "All right, let's go." He got real mad at me though. I uh, I kill Switchblade's <laughs> cart at a light, and uh, these carts do not have a simple starting procedure. You have to get out and start them. No, no you think it's like a bike where, like, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, you put it to run position. And you push this thing, but no, and these cards has to be in run position, key that's behind you, you could reach it, but it's still behind you, has to be on, slowly push the brake pedal until the engine starts to crank, and then blip the throttle till it starts running, and it has to be in neutral, but if the, if the revs are above idle, you can't engage the drive gear. So he wouldn't. Guy, he wouldn't even know if I did it. But Blair went. To, he he got to start back up, and he went to go move it into drive and grinded the fuck out of the gearbox. I didn't know any better. No, that's okay. And he he was super super mad at me. He's like, I I canceled the tour for that last time. So He's like, don't uh, fucking don't do, do that again. again. So that's um, like the most unsafe thing you can do. And on they were fifty cc engines with CVT transmissions, flat out on flat mm. ground. You could make do, them guess. How fast do you think they could do on flat ground? Kilometers flat or miles? Miles. Just give us Whatever you want. I know both. I only know 50 cc. I don't know. Because like a 50 cc scooter is limited to like 50 miles per hour. I'm going to guess roughly. I'm going to guess like 35. 30. That's pretty close. They would do about 35 on flat ground. But downhill on the Rainbow Bridge. Which is the sketchiest fucking <laughs> no, thing. it was great. Love well, I, hold Rainbow on. So Bridge. You didn't even have a seatbelt when you were saying it was great. So, I okay. so right, let's, we're going to talk about first about going up the Rainbow Bridge, right? So you're doing like 30-ish miles an hour because there's, you know, like you're going uphill, not that fast. Our buddy Joe, he's a bigger man, his car wouldn't go as fast as ours. So the one up, the, we had, um, there was a new guy that was training with them. He was at the back of our group. He was behind Joe, push driving into his cart to push it up the fucking bridge so it would go faster. <laughs> right? Which, was, which, which is hilarious. But, but anyway. Remember the no suspension part. Yeah. So, well, so when you get over the top, you get over the crest of the bridge and you start to come down the bridge, right? And you start to speed up. Okay, and this bridge, as many do, has bridge separation joists. Okay, and there's no suspension. So you're coming down this bridge, and you're and if you're in it, you're flat out. You start, you're cooking. We're talking like 60 miles an hour. Yeah, pretty on much. a yeah. fucking Br bridge hits 61 miles per hour, and you are car. flying. And anytime anything in the road, immediately just like like the cart is not stable at all at these speeds. There's no suspension, so you're skating all over the fucking road. The whole thing, like you hit bumps, and the whole fucking cart lifts up off the ground and hops. And then the problem is the steering is so fucking short that you're like it hops. Like oh, I better correct that. And you turn, and you're like oh, and I'm gonna hit that sidewalk. I better turn. You're like I'm gonna hit you start, that. Yeah, you, and you're whipping all over the floor. Really that bad. Yeah. Oh, I was. We're not all perfect like you, dude. Yeah, it I'm was, not perfect, but maybe I've just like ridden a lot of go karts. I can't believe that's legal to do in public road because it, it felt fucking, so dangerous. It was ninety dollars for three hours. It was seventy. It was seventy-two bucks. Oh, I thought it was. It was seventy-two dollars. You got ripped off, player. <laughs> if you ever in Japan 
And like, you know what you just have to do? You have to, even if you're not a car person, just do the Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. If and you're ever can... in Ocean City, bring your own go-kart. They'll impound that shit, but no, you they, can they, have fun. It's seriously fully street legal. High beams. Not, not oh. in Ocean City, it's not. It probably would be. They had the breaker bar. They had it lifted up so it could work. Yeah, they, Re- they have a minimum light yeah. height, so they all had it literally look like a big antenna with a light bulb on it. There we go. <laughs> We're going to build one for H2O. We're going to put the headlights above 24 inches. <laughs> and He said the cards cost about 6000 US to buy with the motor, everything fully assembled to go. There was, a, there was a frame on the trash in my neighborhood last week. It, like wheels, steering, everything I got with a, a free sign. G- Why didn't you take that I shit? I should have. Have because we could have put a harbor what freight motor on it and died. Britt, we also have a donor GS500. Do you imagine how fast that car would be? That is not That'd a donor. Wild. That is mine. 60 mile, 60 horsepower? 55 horsepower. No, 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 no. no you buy your own bike to part. Um, and so anyway. Let's build something dumb this winter. <laughs> Dude, I'm a I, how about we I fix just buy a turbo. So we I got some work to do. Can we I get fix it. my car too? Can we find Are you putting a turbo in your car this winter, Britt? No, probably not. I was going to say. Like, that's, like, you, you better start. Not. I would say yes, but I got a lot of other shit to pay off. I spent way too much money this summer, so I need to sit and save money. That's where I'm at. And work overtime this winter. So then next year, I'll throw the turbo in. Okay. All right, friends, we're going to wrap this right now, I guess. Definitely going to have to do a part two. Okay, Blair says there's going to be a part two. If they want more culture things, if not... There's even more car stuff. Not that much, because we weren't able to because of the typhoon. Uh, so we, do we like, get to F1 or not? Yeah, yeah, we oh, get yeah, to Okay, we we'll, we'll talk about that on the next one. Talk about Mitsunaga and Tetsuji uh, right. uh, Fifteen. Here we go. At Cold Pizza Podcast on Instagram, at Horsepower Pizza on Instagram, www.horsepowerandpizza.com. If you go to the podcast page on there, there's a link to both Spotify and iTunes. But if you're already listening to this, you already know where to find it. So thank you for listening. Peace out. Build it for you.